the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. In our own life experiences, we have witnessed the general devastation of mediocre living. We have also witnessed those who have risen above it no matter what challenges they face. The Bible tells us that nothing is too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. Any one of us can be an overcomer if we look to the hills from whence cometh our help. Fear not, for God is nigh. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander continues to set the record straight. And Father, we thank you for the message. We thank you for uh, the opportunity to preach your word. And Lord, uh, use me now. Bless my mind, my thoughts, uh, my energy level, and help me to preach with clarity and uh, direct me by your spirit and let the people who have ears to hear hear what the spirit of God has to say. And all God's children said, amen. Uh, We want you to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. We have been in recent weeks uh, preaching a New Year's theme entitled Rising from Earthly Mediocrity to Heavenly Greatness. And we've been sharing what it takes to live the victorious Christian life. It just doesn't happen. It's things you have to do proactively to see God use you uh, in a way that you've never been used by him before. Living a victorious Christian life just doesn't happen. Uh, there are things required of you uh, as his child to put into practice so that you can be all that God is calling you to be in the times in which we are living. Rising from earthly mediocrity to heavenly greatness. And if we're going to move to the next level, if we are trusting God to do something supernaturally unusual, the likes of which we've not seen before, then we need to ask him to strip us of things in our lives that have become a weight to keep us from being what he's calling us to be. And with that being said, what are some of the things we must strip ourselves of in order to have victory and reach our God-given potential uh, in Christ? What are some of the things we must strip ourselves of in order to have victory and reach our potential in Christ? Number one, If you desire to get off to a great start this year, you must strip yourself of, fill in the blanks, self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. Matthew 16, 24a says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. You see? Uh, Satan will do everything within his power to keep you doomed, damned, lost, and on your way to hell. And should you become saved by trusting Jesus Christ alone as your personal Savior, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection, and living a life that reflects that, should you come into the kingdom of God against all what Satan is doing to keep you from coming into the kingdom, then Satan's next objective, once you get saved, is to keep you full of yourself, to live a life of self-centeredness. 
The scripture says in Matthew 16, 24a, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Because the truth be told, when we come to Christ, uh, we get saved. And the first agenda with God is to deal with us, to deal with ourselves, our motives, our agenda, uh, to deal with our own self-centeredness. One who is self-centered is not satisfied until he gets his or her own way. You're not satisfied until you get your way. You're not satisfied until you are in control. A self-centered person is one who is self-absorbed. Matter of fact, that person is so self-absorbed until he could care less about the interests of others. Someone has said that he who is wrapped up in himself makes a very small package. Uh, A person who is wrapped up in themselves, they have a hidden, subversive agenda. Uh, They have a, a, a controlling spirit, a manipulative spirit to get people to to conform to the desires of one who is self-centered. It's a person who has too high of a view of himself. They're arrogant, they're proud, and you cannot rise to your God-given potential uh, uh, just in it for yourself. You're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in yourself. We really live in a very narcissistic society where it's just all about me. All about me, what I want, where I want to go, when I want, how I want, do what I want. If you don't do what I want, I'm mad at you. And uh, you, don't, uh, you have people who will even be God in your life, telling you what God told them to tell you. And we don't need somebody doing that to us. We have a direct line to God through his scripture, by his spirit. Amen. So and people t- come into your life saying what God told me to tell you, you just say, well, I'll wait till he tells me himself, and, uh, and uh, thanks for putting me on notice, so I'll wait for him to speak to me. <laughs> so, uh, so we have to deal with the issue of self-centeredness because we're in a very self-centered society. So many Christians are just in it for themselves. They want power, influence, control, prestige, and it's not about that. It's about serving God and giving him glory and walking in holy communion with him. Why don't you say amen? Amen. Number two, if we're going to rise to heavenly greatness, living up to our God-given potential, we need to lay aside every weight, the word is weight, and sin that keeps us from running the successful Christian race. Okay, the scripture says in Hebrews 12, 1b through 2, let us lay aside every weight, not some weights, but everything to keep us from serving God to the maximum of our potential. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, upset us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. My friends, if we execute the principles in this verse, we will gain victory in the race of life. Life is likened to a race. And you get into the Christian race when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And you can't run the race according to your rules and be successful. You have to run according to the rules that governs us according to Holy Scripture. In fact, let me say it this way. Uh, The race is also, once you get in it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a long-distant race. And we have to lay aside, the Scripture says, every weight of those things 
that weigh us down, those things that distract us, those things that hinder us from rising to our God-given potential, and the sin, missing the mark, falling short of the glory of God. Sin becomes weight to the extent that we cannot glorify God and bring him pleasure. And let us run with endurance to meet, to persevere, to bear up under a load of misery, to run, to agonize, to persevere, to be resolved. One who is running a race, they're not looking at their uh, uh, competitors. They're not looking in the stands and say, hi, mom, while the race is going on. They'll be left back in the dust. They, they're looking forward they're giving it all they got, they have, and they're straining. They're reaching toward that goal, and their eyes are fixed on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, that means to have your eyes fixed on Christ. In spite of your circumstances, in spite of what's going on in your life, the crises, the trials, the tribulation, you survive those kinds of things because your eyes are fixed on Christ, until, and you run it until you cross the finish line right into the arms of Jesus. Amen? The third thing we must consider, if we're going to run the Christian race successfully, you must strip yourselves of pornography. Say pornography. Write that in the blank. General pornography stats, according to safefamilies.org and webroot.com says, every second, 28,258 users are watching pornography on the internet. 3,000 uh, $75.64 is being spent on internet pornography. That is every second. 40 million Americans, American people regularly visit porn sites. 35% of all internet downloads are related to pornography. One third of porn viewers are women. 116,000 internet searches every day relate to child pornography. Let's look at youth pornography stats. Nine out of 10 children between the ages of eight and 16 have viewed pornography on the internet. Average age of first internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old. 12 to 17 year olds are one of the largest consumers of internet pornography. Youth with exposure to sexuality in the media were shown to be significantly more likely to have had sex at ages 14 to 16. Then marital and family pornography stats, according to the National Coalition of the Protection of Children and Families, 47% of families in the United States reported that pornography was a problem in their homes. Pornography use increases the marital infidelity rate by more than 300%, and 40% of sex addicts lose their spouse. 58% suffer uh, considerable financial losses, and about a third lose their jobs. That is serious. And let me tell you something. People who are hooked on pornography are not all outside of the church. They're right under the sound of my voice. There are Christians who are struggling with this issue. It's so accessible. Children, teenagers, old, older saints that are wrestling with this issue. It is to be reckoned with, and uh, we need to be able to fight it in the power of the Spirit. And uh, you have to identify this problem and ask God to deliver you from such an addiction. It is rampant. It is everywhere. There's no such thing as soft porn. Porn is porn. Porn is porn. Much of what you see on these programming and commercial the stuff at the checkout line of the supermarket, much of what we see is stuff that gets your flesh all aroused 
and stimulate you in a way that you don't need to be stimulated. You have to make up your mind that you're not going to look at that trash. If your mind is not made up, you will yield. You can't be straddling the fence and talking about you're going to win that battle. You have to choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Is it going to be pornography or is it going to be Jesus? Is it going to be my way or God's way? Amen. If you're going to run a successful Christian race, it means stripping off gambling. The next word is gambling. You must strip yourselves of gambling. Say gambling. The likelihood of developing a gambling addiction increases 23-fold for people affected by alcohol use disorders. Over 80% of Americans, American adult gamblers on a yearly basis uh, gamble. As many as 750,000 young people ages 14 to 21 have a gambling addiction. On average, an estimated 50% of those affected by gambling addiction commit crimes in order to support their habits. 40% of all problem gamblers started gambling before they were 17 years of age. The number of teens playing poker for money has increased by more than 700% in the last two years alone. 80% are boys. There is a 75% comorbidity rate, which means that the person who is addicted to gambling usually has at least one other addiction as well. Of all the addiction currently recognized, problem gamblers have the highest rate of suicide. The lottery is the most popular form of gambling nationally. In the most recent history-making Powerball jackpot of $1.3 billion, there were 635,103,137 tickets sold, but only three winners. I wonder, are there any losers in the house today? And yet when you give your tithes to the Lord, you never lose when investing in the kingdom of God. Uh, What are the symptoms of those who are addicted to gambling? Let me give you that rundown. Gambling for long, you know you're addicted if you're doing these things. Gambling for long periods of time are in secret. Lost time from work, uncharacteristic lying, inability to keep promise to stop gambling, belief that gambling will solve your financial difficulties or bring the family material wealth, borrowing money to gamble or pay off gambling debts, blaming others for their addiction, great remorse or depression to the point of self-destruction, family members having to hide their money for living expenses. Why is gambling so dangerous? Why is it so deadly? Why is it so disastrous? Well, A, gambling is bad stewardship. It's bad stewardship. Not only does the 10% belong to God, but the 90% belongs to the Lord as well. Uh, we're responsible to God as to how we manage his resources. What, all of what we have is not, is not ours, it's his. A steward is one who manages uh, the resources of another. And everything we have uh, belongs to God. He's allowing us just a little bit of time that we're on earth to handle his property. And one day we're going to stand before God and give an account in our stewardship of how we manage his resources. That means the eyeglasses you have on belong to God, the dress, the shoes you have on, the, the pants you have on belong to God, the makeup you have belong to God, belong to God your dog belong to God, your house belong to God, your children belong to God, your health belong to God, <clears throat> Every, your job belongs to God, your grandchildren belong to God, everything, your very breath, the eye blinks, the inhale and exhaling, all belongs to God. Uh, Psalms 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. 
First, First Corinthians chapter four, verse two also says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. God wants us to be loyal with, with his resources, faithful, trustworthy steward, honoring him with that which he has blessed us with. I mean, when God blesses us, he wants you to tithe of your income, whether it's social security, whether it's a paycheck, bonus, retirement, or whatever it is, you are to tithe the first 10% to God out of gratitude and thanksgiving for who he is and what he has done. You don't tithe because God is broke. You tithe because God is good. Why don't you say amen? The Bible teaches that we are to use our God-given wealth to support the work of the ministry. We use our God-given wealth uh, to support our families. We use our wealth to support the government. We have to pay our taxes as God requires. Even Jesus, when he was here, paid his taxes. And we're to use the funds that he has put in our charge to help and assist the poor. It is absolutely amazing how many Christians will have problems giving God at least 10% of their income and then waste it on gambling. Even if one wins, he has it for a few moments and it's gone. He has no treasures in heaven, no eternal dividends. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My friend, where is your heart? You stockpiling on earth or you laying up treasures in heaven. Things on earth will rust out, weigh out, be stolen, lost or whatever. But only what you do for Christ will last throughout eternal ages. Gambling will rob you of your internal investments. The issue is not the treasures we gain here on earth, but rather the treasures we lay up in heaven. Another thing I want to say about gambling, gambling is, fill in the blank, destructive. It's destructive. John 10 a says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Satan uses gambling to destroy marriages. Gambling destroys your finances. It destroys your health. It destroys your reputation. It destroys your character. It even destroys your work ethic. Gambling destroys your contentment. First Timothy chapter six, verses six and eight says, now godliness with contentment is great gain and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Where is your contentment? Are you satisfied with Jesus? As a matter of fact, let me pose it this way. Is Jesus enough for you? When you're satisfied with Jesus, it doesn't bother you whether somebody's a little bit smarter. It doesn't matter if they wear clothes that are a little bit more expensive. It doesn't matter what part of town they live in versus where you live. It doesn't matter what kind of education they have versus what you have. In life, there will always be somebody that knows a little more than you, doing a little bit better than you, and always be some, there will also be people who know a little bit less and doing even worse. And do you know, some of you grumbling and you're contrary, but you need to get out of the United States and see how the rest of the world live. I mean, you haven't seen poverty till you go to Haiti, uh, go down to Mexico or go over to Africa and some of these other countries. And you see how blessed you are. You run back here hollering, thank you, Jesus. Where is your contentment? It seems like the more God bless us, the less contented we are. You ought to be thankful. Every day is a gift from God for you to honor him, to glorify him, to give him praise, to give him thanks. I mean, he is enough for you. When are you going to be satisfied with Jesus? Uh, gambling also, next, gambling leads to financial bondage. 
word, the two words are financial bondage. And when one gets into debt, it hinders the work of God. Romans 13, 8a says, owe no one anything except to love one another. You know, you, you need to get out of debt. You need to have a debt reduction plan. You need to be patient. You need to learn how to save. That's right. You need to learn self-discipline so that you can make the progress that you need to make uh, to get your family secure to the glory of God. To keep you gambling, casinos uh, give you easy access to your credit cards, ATM machines. They give you access to cheap food and plenty of alcohol to dull your senses, to keep you gambling so you even know how much you, you, you got out there and got broke because you drunk broke. You know, and that's, that, they, want, they, just, they, they have the booze, the alcohol flowing because they want you out of it. And when you look around, your, your credit card is maxed out. And you wonder how you, what happened? You were drunk and you kept on playing. I, I, I said in the first service, uh, sometime on a cruise ship, I just take a stroll. I'm led to just take a stroll sometime in the casino. They all have them. I'm not going there to gamble. Sometimes the Lord just says, just look around and see. Sometimes God just wants me to go certain places. Now, I'm, going, I'm, I'm not going everywhere. I'm not going to no strip club. You're talking about, yeah, you ain't witnessing in there. You know you're doing it. No, I ain't going all those kind of places. But I will. Sometimes when I'm, I'm on a cruise, I'll just walk through there and just, God just says, take a look. Look at the condition of people. I see old people in there just trying. They're spinning wheels. They, they're doing all that thing with dipes. And I just look and I say, my, look at the people who are held captive, just throwing away their money. The next, gambling puts faith in chance or luck rather, the words is chance or luck rather than trusting God to supply your needs. You know, you, you don't walk by chance, you don't walk by luck, you live by what? Faith. As a matter of fact, you need to take luck out of your vocabulary. Stop saying, oh, oh I was lucky, this happened to me. I was lucky. Look, luck has no, you won't find luck anywhere in your Bible. God provides for you. God makes a way for you. God blesses you. Use biblical terminology. Uh, Philippians 4, 19 says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Our confidence, faith, trust, and reliance must be in God and God alone. We're not to live by chance or luck. Any trust in luck rather than God is a form of idolatry. Worshiping the gods of luck and chance is an offense to, the, to, to God's character. Gambling is a kind of secularized divination. It promotes a worldview in direct contradiction to the Bible. Gambling emphasizes, put this in the blank, getting rather than giving. It emphasizes getting rather than giving. It promotes greed. Acts chapter 20, verse 35b says, and remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. People who love to gamble, they love to receive rather than give, you see. So we need, God blesses us to be a blessing. Gambling seeks to profit from another's loss. Seeks to profit to profit from another's loss. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, let nothing be done through, through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but the interest of others. You're not seeking the interest of others if you're trying to profit from another person's loss. 
Gambling promotes selfishness rather than brotherly love, justice, and mercy as the Bible commands. To take from one's neighbor in an unfair exchange is not love. To set up a system in which those least able to afford it lose their livelihood is not justice. And to continue operating a system that exploits human weakness while promoting personal pleasure and profit over others' pain and loss is not mercy. Beloved, while you're rejoicing over your winnings, someone else is crying over their losses. This is not love and neither is it mercy. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. My friends, gambling creates the thirst of get rich quick. That's right. That is of the flesh and not of the spirit of God. Some people wonder, if I can just win this big one, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll help my family, I'll help people. Proverbs 28, 22 says, a man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In Him alone we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Throughout the Bible, we are reminded of the immeasurable gifts God has given us. One of those gifts is the miraculous gift of motherhood. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 14th at 10 a.m. as we thank God and honor all mothers during our Mother's Day worship celebration. Come and be blessed as we praise God together on this special day. The Maranatha Bible Church family will celebrate its 35th church anniversary on Sunday, May 21st at 10 a.m. We invite you to rejoice with us as we praise God for all he has done through the faithfulness and leadership of Pastor Rander Draper Sr. and Sister Darlene Draper. Come and celebrate the goodness of God through the unwavering obedience and faithfulness to our Lord and Savior. You will be blessed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.